the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. One of the things I like to talk about on this show are things that are investable. Areas, arenas, thoughts, ideas, trends, demographics. Just again to show you that investing is not a roller coaster, nor is it a game. I will admit at times it can feel like a game. I will admit at times you can look at your net worth and go, I just made more money in investing in stocks this day, this week, this month than I did in the whole year of working for the man. So yesterday I got to look through some research on video games and esports. I found it kind of interesting because I tend not to read um, a lot of professional research on video games. It doesn't exist usually is the reason why. But I got a copy of a research report that probably cost a couple hundred dollars. Video game industry is projected to reach $159 billion in revenues in the year 2020. And gaming is more popular than ever. So as we close out the books on 2020 calendar year, $159 billion in revenues. I bring that up because do you remember when we used to look at the top grossing movie of all time on a pretty regular uh, basis? Uh, Indiana Jones was in the movie theaters for 21 weeks. And how much did it make? And we'd go a billion. Right. Um, We were impressed with that number. What is it that I'm looking at right now? Okay, so Avengers Endgame pulled in $2.7 billion at the movie theater. Avatar pulled in 2.7. Titanic, 2.2 billion. Star Wars Episode 7 pulled in 2 billion. Um, I can go over the list. Minions, the first minions pulled in $1.15 billion. So the difference between one and two billion, there's there's only five movies that ever made it two billion. Then there's, it looks like, 40 films that have made over a billion. Video games last year pulled in $159 billion. And that is something that does not make you go, hmm, hmm. It's earning hundreds of billions in annual revenues. It's reaching billions of consumers around the world. Trends like demographic shifts and changing consumer demands provide long-term structural support for the growth industry. 
Mobile gaming now represents the largest and fastest growing platform by revenues. Publishers are using new business models to accelerate growth through recurrent in-game spending, which I find pretty deplorable. Um, Sutton just got a, uh, a free game on the Xbox Series X. And the first thing he asked me for, he goes, can I, buy, can I have $60 to, to buy one airplane? It's, I guess it's a bombing raid kind of game. I'm like, are you going to learn how to fly? Are you going to become a pilot if I pay $60 for this? And he's like, no. So I was like, okay, you can have it. Esports, a form of competitive video gaming, represents a segment of the broader video gaming industry, and video game publishers are steadily gaining control over revenue streams in the space. Video game publishers are gaining control. So I think last Christmas, maybe, yeah, I want to say it was about that time. It was still in COVID. I found myself, I've watched everything, and it might be Saturday afternoon at three, and I'm going through the channels. I'm flicking, flicking through the channels. Remember that phrase? When you'd flick the remote control? Um, and I saw, like, esports, and it was surreal. I think it was it was taped right before the pandemic in Vegas. And these two kids would play NHL hockey against each other, Electronic Arts NHL 2020. And it, it, it couldn't hold my attention for more than 10 minutes. But the, the weird curiosity was like a big old scab that I was picking out for 10 minutes. And then I was like, oh, I better leave that one alone and, and change channel. The video game industry is tapping into global consumer demand for online interactive entertainment. In 2020, total revenues hits $159 billion. By 2023, over 3 billion people around the world are expected to play video games in some form. See, this is Wall Street research, and I love it. When did we hit the $2 billion level? 2019. Now we're going to hit the $3 billion level in 2023. That's growth. And if you close your eyes and I tie you up, 50 shades of investing. If I were to tell you we're going to see growth from 1 billion gamers in 2014, the 2 billion gamers in 2019, the 3 billion, or I can say 1 billion units, 2 billion units, 3 billion units, <clears throat> 50 shades of investing. I so badly want to meet Dakota Johnson to get her invested in this project. <laughs> she goes, no, I don't want to talk about video games. I, I'm like... I want to talk. I don't want to talk video games, baby. I want to talk investing, baby. One billion players to two billion to three billion. Wait, wait. Is that in a ten-year period? Yes. Yes. You don't get that kind of growth in in oil. You don't get that kind of growth in. Well, you do get that kind of growth in electric vehicles. And you see how that electric vehicle has turned out. Nope. Digital media landscape is a mess right now. Gaming surging is a huge trend due to COVID-19. But we have Netflix, we have Hulu, we have Disney+, Plus, we have Fortnite. What is going to catch your eyeballs? Fortnite's free. Netflix costs money. 
so you could kind of see it. Well, I'm all out of things to watch on Netflix. Let's do a little gaming or I'm tired of gaming. Let's do a little Netflix. Underpinning these just huge numbers are younger consumers have grown up online their whole life playing their parents' phones when we're on a road trip. You're like, I'm not going to ever let my children have McDonald's. Never, ever, never. It's horrible, horrible. Oh, we're on a road trip. Give them McDonald's. I'm never going to let them play video games. Video games rot the brain. Oh, we're on a road trip. Give them my phone. And they'll do a little Candy Crush or, I don't know, Minions racing game because you just saw Minions in the movie. It is a real industry. We'll talk a little bit more about it and more as the show unfolds. I'm talking about investing in video games. I'll give you the top 10 players in my mind as far as investments go. Not players like Ninja. Boy, did he kind of come and go in cultural phenom. Thank you, Minions. Thank you. It's nice to have a lovely audience like you boys. You're boys, right? Are they are Minions boys? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Monster Hunter. Devil May Cry. Mega Man, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, NBA. Those are some of the big games that you can play right now, and they'll cost you money. When you go to a movie theater, you're dropping 10 bucks a ticket. <laughs> movie theater? Who goes to movie theaters, right? The stars of the video game industry are digital. They don't have to pay $20 million to get, to procure the rights of Jennifer Lawrence. They don't have to pay her in the future royalties. It's pretty interesting business models. I like fashion models. I like business models. I like models. So video game, mobile, mobile gaming is something we should talk about for a second. Do you know what I just talked in the last segment about how we've gone from 1 billion gamers to 2 billion gamers? We're projected to hit 3 billion gamers all within a 10-year time frame. Demographically, that's huge. How many games do you buy per year? We'll get into that. Mobile gaming is the fastest and largest growing platform by revenues. I'm not much of a mobile gamer. I remember in my high school years, there started to be what were referred to as LAN parties, local area network, where everyone would bring their computer together. Someone was this genius cabling person, and they would hook all the computers together into a central hub, and then 10, 15, 20 people could all play Doom, or we could all play Quake, or we could all play something. I don't even know what it was. I think it was Doom and Quake, to be quite honest with you. But mobile gaming is not my thing, so it takes me a little bit longer to figure that one out. And I've got some friends in the industry. One of my family friends is a person who does the operating system for Oculus Rift. But in particular, he's doing the home 
screen that you use when you first log in to a virtual reality world. But his big thing in the past was he worked on video games um, that I used to play, some, some things like Dead Space. And I was like, what was that like? Tell me all about it. I'm fascinated. And here I am fanboying on him, and he wants to know, what's a good investment? I need to know what's going to double. Like, we're both going crazy over each other. So I don't get mobile gaming, so I have to go to him because he's he's coded for a couple mobile games. As technology has evolved over time, game publishers have been successful at identifying and leveraging emerging technologies to facilitate the gamer in as many ways as possible. And when you put it in that term, to facilitate the gamer in as many ways possible, suddenly it makes a little more sense. Console is a big chunk. PC gaming historically has been double to triple. In the past, triple. Now it's double what console is. So there's PlayStations and Xboxes versus the PC, which is my gaming platform, versus mobile. Which one do you think is the bigger piece of pie? I'll give you a clue. In 2015... Console sold $5.9 billion of software. In 2015, PCs sold $27 billion, so five times greater. But in 2015, the actual number in, on your mobile devices, your phones, was $28.7 billion. So mobile gaming is much bigger than PC. PC is much bigger than uh, platforms. Now, you fast forward five years ahead, and again, that number is tripled on mobile. It hasn't grown much on PC, and it's tripled on consoles. So the PC kind of feels a little stagnant to me. But mobile's gone from $28 billion in sales to $64 billion in sales. Whoa. So I don't get it. I'm mad at people. I play... Um, I play a couple puzzle games every day on my phone. Some people have said that's a good way of keeping your brain smart. So one of them that I'll play is Jeopardy. Just to see if I can get all the way to the million dollars, right? It's a Jeopardy. Oh, no, no. Who wants to be a player? Oh, Jeopardy. Dang it. Oh. Oh, I blew it. <clears throat> it was, who wants to be a millionaire? But revolutionizing the revenue model is what mobile's all about. Game publishers are embracing it. The game as a service, we've used the term, maybe if you're an engineer in the Bay Area, SAAS, software as a service, that is programmed into a semiconductor. This is gaming as a service. Rather than a one-time transaction, video game makers are moving towards an ongoing subscription model. The one company you can watch a lot right now that's doing something fascinating is Epic, who does Fortnite. I told you a couple weeks ago they released a video of basically a, a camera capturing your face and putting you inside of a video game <clears throat> almost in real time. Whereas that used to take hundreds of hours of computing. It's now, wait, wait, I got an avatar? <laughs> and wait, wait. I could do a dance on the screen looking like 
let's just say dad body. Dad bod could do a dance. I don't have to look like the the character that the designer wanted. <clears throat> so <clears throat> Epic's doing a really, really nice job of capturing trends. And what they're doing with capturing my face is well, earlier this week I talked to an old friend from college. He's an attorney that covers Bitcoin. And he's an attorney that covers digital intellectual property rights. He does a lot of TED Talks. He does a lot of talks for conventions. If there's a Bitcoin convention, he's like the, the presenter kind of guy. I haven't seen him in 20 years. And it would have been nice to actually sit in my living room and visually sit in his living room and, and chat versus on a cell phone. Virtually is what I'm getting at. So Epic's doing a really, really nice job of saying, we want to put you in the virtual world of gaming. But down the road, if they introduce a phone service that says, we'll put you in the virtual living room of this guy, I'm like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. So $159 billion in global video game revenue in 2020. Roughly $1.1 billion will be generated by esports. But that is going to be growing faster than anywhere else. The industry will generate about 144 times the revenue of esports. Video games will be 144 times bigger. But guess which one's growing fastest inside that industry? The smallest piece has a crazy pyramid arc to it. I look a little bit like the lead singer from Bare Naked Ladies. Talking about crazy metaverse comparisons and tie-ins. He's a puffy white guy. I'm a puffy white guy. That's my PSA of the day. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So one of the weird habits I picked up from my father was yellow legal pads. I'm a huge fan of writing and drawing ideas. So as I was looking at esports, we're talking about video games this hour, it appears, and only video games, and how the industry is doubling its players, but it's also explosively growing revenues. It makes Hollywood look small. And if you've played a big video game from beginning to end, and you watch the, the crawl at the end, the credits, as they crawl up the screen, you'd be like, Jesus, this is taking like 22 minutes to like go through every person who's contributed to this video game. <clears throat> it's big money. It's a big industry. Um, it dwarfs movies. And you see how gaga we are over movies. And the Academy Award goes to Rob Black. Black, Black, Rob Black. So when I yellow legal pad ideas... I put video games out there and I go, okay, who are the players? Activision Blizzard. What do they have in esports? What do they have? Esports is the most exciting growth, hyper growth component of video games. But what are their franchises? I want to know. They got Overwatch League. They got Call of Duty League. They got Major League Gaming. Riot Games has League of Legends. Who's owned by Riot Games is owned by Tencent. And I think you're going to see epic come public very very soon in 2020 i would say by 2022 sometime in 2022 take two interactive 
another publicly traded company, has NBA 2K League, which is 50% owned by the NBA. That's pretty interesting. And Epic Games has the Fortnite World Cup championships. Game industry risks, when you look at that, when you look at semiconductors, what's the risk? Some engineer and another company is going to come up with a faster, smaller, cheaper semiconductor, of course. When you look at video games, you could have a publisher like Take-Two who has Grand Theft Auto, but they also have Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption was a surprise hit. Red Dead Redemption 2 was not a surprise hit. It was a sequel. But the first one was a huge risk because you got to play as a cowboy. I'm a cowboy. And you had a six-shooter. And everything that the TV show on HBO Max is with Westworld, where you got to go into the world and be a cowboy, Red Dead Redemption was, was capturing those ideas. Go rob a train. And like you'd come inside the house and you'd be smiling. And your, your wife would say, Rob, why are you smiling? And you're like, I was a cowboy and I robbed a train today with dynamite. A little fantasy escape, right? Now, again, keep in mind, let's keep going in the back of our head. Epic's going to scan your whole body and actually physically put you in that video game sooner rather than later. I don't think Obama was much of a gamer. I think he was more of a baller basketball. But so the video game industry has single game risk. They have regulatory risk. Do you remember when Tipper Gore once famously went after, you're saying Tipper Gore? I don't remember Tipper Gore. Yeah, Al kind of dumped her when he became a billionaire. Um, such is life. Sorry. Next. Um, so then you get regulatory risk where you get like a politician's wife who's like, we must protect our children's brains from video games. You get the risk of a, a, a flop. You get the risk of regulation. You get competitive risk where you put money into a mobile platform and then someone does it better than you. Then you also get in the video game industry, the return to normalcy. What happens when the movie theaters open back up? Are we going to say, Sutton, throw away that Sony PlayStation 5? No. Will we use it as much? Probably not. Instead of playing basketball please son please come to a real warriors game with me but dad i can i can score 92 points one more than kobe in a video game like okay okay you're, you're pretty good so you have to have some exposure to video games as a sector or as an industry you don't have to do anything i think you'd be a fool to ignore that there's real revenue there's real growth there's real stories there there is a video game index of stocks. MVIS is the Global Video Gaming and Esports Index. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. There's an index? Video gaming is being taken so seriously that there's an index? Yes. And to qualify for the index, you have to have some sort of exposure to console makers or developers or publishers or mobile gaming, esports. You could be a semiconductor maker, which is where it gets interesting now. We've talked about the console maker, Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo. I really think Apple should buy Nintendo. It, it's just right up their alley. Quality, cute, 
G-rated, it seems like it's Apple. It would be Apple's. But the chip makers start getting a little bit more interesting. Chips are crucial to gameplay experience. Certain chip makers focus primarily on chips used for games. Computer running my PC right now, or the semiconductor, is a 3080 NVIDIA. And my son looks at me like, that's the coolest gaming rig I've ever seen. I'm like, hey, you want to touch it? <laughs> I'm being ridiculous right now. But there's NVIDIA, there's AMD. I have a portfolio for my kids where I buy stocks. And I only buy things that they'll understand and then we talk about it. Um, not regularly. I don't do that to my children. I do not want my children to become investors. I do not want my children to become professional investment people. I, nothing like that. I look at the world way differently than I should. But there's two chip companies. There's AMD and there's NVIDIA. That's it. If I were to tell you an industry that has $180 billion in revenue and it's powered by semiconductors, has two semiconductor players, you'd be like, Tell me more. Take the word video games out of it. And if I were to tell you, there's two companies that dominate the platforms. Then you get to the hardware side of the fence, like microphones. I've spent more on headsets than I've spent on consoles. You have to have the 3D immersion headsets for the spooky games like Medium, where you get to cross over and talk to dead people. It's not as fun as much fun if you don't hear that clankety clank of the wood behind you then there's something in video gaming that I, i'm still putting the pieces of the puzzle together you know I, I sketch everything out on yellow pads live streaming when i first heard of twitch i was like it's genius and over the pandemic twitch has turned into a lot more there's people on Twitch who are making $100,000 a month doing guitar lessons. There's a singer-songwriter. She's failed. She's, she's not famous. She's far from famous. She struggled her whole life. And then the pandemic hit, and she's like, well, I'm going to teach people how to write songs. Because I hear more people are buying guitars staying at home, and they're teaching themselves how to write, how to, to play the guitar with YouTube videos. Why don't I just start a Twitch channel where people can tip me? Okay, so this is the weird thing about Twitch. You can watch people play video games, and you can tip them. And if they're really good, like, oh, dude, I'm going to go get a bazooka. I'm going to shoot 17 boys at once. Watch this, guys. And he does it. You're like, well, he said he was going to do it. He did that. It's pretty impressive. I'll give him a dollar tip. I think there's some pornographic sites that have kind of taken Twitch's business model of watching someone very popular play a video game a uh, popular personality play a popular video game. And now there's some porn sites that are doing the same thing that are like, you could watch us. What, what, what was the, it's, uh, there was a singer in a band or a brother's singer and his life didn't turn out the way he wanted to. He didn't stay in the boy band forever. So he kind of turned to drugs and he got onto OnlyFans and he was like, Hey, if you guys want to see me nude, I'll take out my clothes for a dollar. And people started sending in dollars. And I was like, that's pretty low, but that's what Twitch is all about. Now, Twitch doesn't do the pornography, I don't think. And Twitch is a property of Amazon where you watch other people play video games. But during the pandemic, like I said, there was a woman who came up with an idea on how to teach people how to write songs. She couldn't sell a song for her life, but she could teach people how to write songs and do darn well. 
So you kind of have to look at Twitch and go, oh, I get it. <clears throat> it's part of that video gaming world. And there's two, there's really two players there. YouTube TV or YouTube and Twitch. Where you get a channel and you throw in that tipping model. And again, the tipping model is very, very strange the first time you see it. But there will be people across America today that wake up. And they'll say, oh, I got to go to work today. And they start clearing their throat and stretching. And they turn on the computer and they start playing video games. And they, they live stream it. So that's strangely part of the industry. So again, the parts of the industries that I see would be publishers, developers, consoles, chips, esports, mobile gaming, hardware, and live streaming. There's a company that I just looked at this week called Billy Billy, and they're out of China, and they're kind of the next TikTok of China. But they have the video gaming, they've got the mobile gaming, they've got, uh, when I say video game, I should say the live streaming. They're the only real live streaming play that I could figure out pure play other than Amazon. See, Amazon's on a pure play. Some people think Amazon Web Services is going to be bigger than Amazon's uh, retail business. And that the retail business will actually get more boring as competitors catch up with that ability. Coming up, I'll go over all the names that I can and all the ideas. You're not in this alone, but we are talking video games today, and I don't know why. Topic that kind of came out of nowhere, and it's just mushrooming as it goes along. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I started this hour wanting to talk about how I spent a recent afternoon with yellow legal pads and an analyst research report that was 100 plus pages. And I was reading all about video games. Some of the stuff I knew, eh, most of it I knew. But I started writing down some names that I haven't seen before. Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, Tencent Holdings, Nintendo, NetEase, C, S-E-A, didn't know that one. Take-Two Interactive, Ubisoft, Zynga. Aren't they the guys that made that cow game? Farmville, which for the record, he was the most Pincus was the most despicable type of CEO I've ever run into. He was that guy, and I have to be very careful not to get sued. <laughs> he was giving off a Kevin Spacey vibe, if you know what I'm saying. I don't even know what that means. Billy Billy is one that I started researching before I saw this research report. But Billy Billy is a new TikTok kind of competitor in China. CD Projekt is the company who is famous for blowing um, the new cyberpunk game. They didn't blow it. It's an amazing game if you have a high-end semi, uh, high-end PC or Sony Xbox, uh, Sony PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X, but it's not meant for last-generation video games consoles or last-generation video game cards. Then you get into some names like Nexon. You're like, do I know Nexon? N-E-X-O-N. Square Enix. Know that one. Capcom. Some people that I've been talking to think Capcom gets acquired this year. Konami. Stillfront. And Unity. Stillfront, don't know. Unity, I think I know. 
but you have to do a little bit more research on it to really get that vibe. Um, but my job is to do a lot of research and like Capcom, ticker symbol CCOEF, it's an over-the-counter bulletin board stock and yet they're still kind of, and I tend not to like over-the-counter bulletin board stocks. Too much of a wild, wild west going on there. But they still come out with big hits like Resident Evil and Monster Hunter. Mega Man, Devil May Cry, and Street Fighter. Those are all pretty beloved classics. And if there's one thing Hollywood's taught us, nothing's original anymore. It's just a remake. Then you get into Take Two. Then you get into Tencent, Activision Blizzard. I own shares of Activision Blizzard. Then you get into Electronic Arts. Oh, and earlier this week, I was doing a, a research on top 22 predictions kind of thing. And one of the guys threw down a, a a thought is like a video game publisher will become a top 10 stock by market cap in the world. That was his prediction for the next 10 years. And I'm like, ridiculous. Wait, wait, that kind of makes sense. Video game investing looks like a long-term winner to me is ultimately what I'm getting down to. So I'm going to continue to do research on it. And we're going to continue to talk about it on shows like this. And if you don't like it, there'll be another show right around the corner where I talk about economic indicators. But I do want to throw out there that there are some ETFs. Van Eck has an ETF where you don't have to own one. You can own the whole sector. Now, in the first segment, I talked about the revenues. And the revenues are stunning, and the number of gamers is stunning. The number of gamers have jumped from 1 billion to 3 billion by 2023. 1 billion back in 2015, 2 billion in 2019, 3 billion by 2023. So there's going to be a 50% growth in gaming people. And every time you game, you tend to spend a little bit of money. Very few people play that who wants to be a millionaire for free. And at some point in time, don't buy an extra life. Uh, that's cheating. But video games and esports are media and entertainment, in my opinion. So I own shares of Disney because children growing up, moms want to take their kids to Disney. And that's super important because if you've ever, ever gone to Disney, the world's unhappiest place. No, no, you're saying, Rob, it's the world's happiest place in the world. No, no, the unhappiest place in the world is the parking lot at 8 p.m. after a day out in the sunshine, drinking soda, eating pizza, and you see the kids melt down. And it's awesome. I want to make a documentary <laughs> called The World's Unhappiest Place. But... This is all media entertainment. You get on Netflix, sure. Video games crush Netflix revenue. I know you're saying, but they got that Stranger Things. I know. Those kids make a lot more money every year. Laura Croft, she's underpaid. She's like Cinderella. I used to laugh that Disney used to keep her locked up in the, the tower in Disney. And every five years, he'd pull her out and say, okay, now what are we going to do with you? Oh, we're going to come out on VCR. Okay, go back in there. We're going to put you on VHS cassettes. A couple of years later, they're like, pull Cinder back out. And she's like, I don't want to work. We need you on Betamax. Get your stuff ready and be on Betamax. And then Blu-ray and DVD and Blu-ray secret DVD. It's Cinderella like you've never seen her before in 4K. Cinderella like you've never seen her before in 8 like. Disney has its place in media entertainment, but they graduate 
and I know I'm talking to a lot of dads right now, they graduate into Marvel superheroes. And you're like, woo! And then Disney bought Marvel, and you're like, did they really just pull? So they got the kids, and they get the, the preteens, and then the teenagers, well, I want to go to my friend's house and play video games all night. It's kind of part of the, the path. And now more adults, 40% of American adults play video games. And you're like, what? I thought video games were for kids. $159 billion industry. It dwarfs Hollywood. It dwarfs Netflix. And I've named the players again for you. And again, and again. I'm not a big fan of, of electronic arts. If I have to pick one, it's going to be Activision. If I have to pick two, it's going to be Activision Take Two. Then you get into the consoles. Meh. Both Sony and, and Microsoft are super diversified companies. Not as important. Anyway, talked a whole hour about video games. And I just want to say, Dad, do you love me now? Now do you love me? My dad hated video games. I'm Rob Black.